0: Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative, biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a while since I've done an audio, even though I've tried to uh, keep up with my written articles and blogs here at sermonaudio.com. Anyway, thanks for joining me. As always in the transcript, I've got a number of links that they're there for your consideration and research. That's about it. I don't necessarily endorse Any or all of them, I just think that they're interesting and possibly of use to you because it's stuff that you're never going to hear from the mainstream media. Well, as I go through the headlines and articles, I'm seeing a consistent message throughout. The world is changing drastically and not for the better. I'd like to emphasize that what I'm saying here is basically my opinion based on what I'm reading. I could be wrong. I'd rather try, though, to be safe than Sorry. But unfortunately, too many people seem oblivious to what may well be impending global disaster that I think, unfortunately, is building right now. Uh, These people think the rise in fuel prices and the shortages of food and supplies are just temporary and things are going to get back to normal. Well, I try to point things out even to our grown children without scaring them that while they're doing things to mitigate against potential upcoming shortages, I'm not sure that they even really understand the frailty of the situation, but who among us really can be fully aware of all the possibilities? We we just don't know, but here's some examples. For those unaware, there have been major areas of drought this past year and or so in parts of the USA and the world. Crops normally planted at a certain time were delayed, or the ones that were planted might not have enough water to bring those crops to full harvest. That's obviously going to be uh, damaging to those crops and a shortfall to the supply chain. On the other hand, there are other areas in the world where prolonged heavy rains created a delay in planting, so that also means a delay in harvest. And these overly wet conditions also created disease, not just in the crops, but in animals too. And then on top of that, we've got this alleged major outbreak of avian flu that is supposedly going worldwide. And because of this, some countries are destroying millions of poultry in an effort to eliminate the flu. And this is even happening in the USA, where questionable PCR kits, tests are being used to determine conditions of backyard flocks. And some states are carrying even more, portable gas chambers when they go to visit these backyard flocks in case they're infected based on PCR tests so that they can euthanize the birds right there on the spot. Now, in the UK, there are no more free range chickens. All chickens must be kept inside. And obviously, this is affecting and will continue to affect the amount of chicken and eggs available in grocery stores throughout the world. Now, we've got other issues as well. Russia is one of the biggest exporters of wheat and oil, but now due to sanctions by many nations, including the USA, against Russia, President Putin has stopped exports except to those countries which are friendly to Russia. So we're already seeing the results of this at the gas pump with prices that have essentially more than doubled since Trump was in the White House. We can be assured that things will get worse as the Biden administration pleads with countries like Iran and Venezuela to sell us oil. And of course, the other thing right now is um, that Biden wants to open up and get the oil from the gas reserves, the oil reserves we have in the United States. Well, once that's gone, and it's just delaying the inevitable. And I find it interesting when Trump wanted to replenish that supply uh, in our reserve, he was laughed at and ridiculed for wanting to do so. But now it looks like Biden is going to dig into that, which will just prolonged the inevitable. We need also to remember that one of Biden's first executive orders after becoming president was to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Now, that pipeline, when completed, would have had the capacity to produce 833,000 barrels of oil each day, but that's not going to happen now. And the knowledge of that, looking forward from that, uh, is one of the things that kept gas prices lower because of the potential of what was going to come from the completed Keystone pipeline but that aside from no longer being able to count on that for any amount of barrels of oil a day we're also dealing with the thousands of people that were immediately um, their jobs were immediately eliminated because of President Biden's executive order this is certainly part of the reason we're seeing higher gas prices and unless a miracle happens those prices will continue to climb So the same is said of wheat and other grains, by the way. Russia is not exporting wheat to the USA because Putin claims that the USA and the EU have reneged on its debt payments to Russia and have frozen Russian assets, he terms, illegally. This will simply obviously devolve into something worse than it is now. And I've got a link to a short clip of Putin outlining the problem as he sees it. Now, the link takes you to Telegram, it's an app, which you may or may not be uh, able to access unless you have the Telegram app on your computer. So be aware of that. I'm sure the video's around someplace else. I just haven't had time to look for it. China seems to have seen the problem between Russia and the Ukraine coming as they have been stockpiling wheat And other grains for quite some time now. They're determined to ensure that they have food for the Chinese people. They are obviously still in contact with Russia, therefore friendly to Russia and Russia friendly to China. Turkey is also friendly to Russia to ensure that they can continue to import wheat and oil from Russia. So Russia has oil and wheat. And much of the world is siding against Russia, including the USA. Seems to me Russia holds some very important cards that they're now beginning to play. And the sanctions against Russia from all these countries, including the U.S., I think they're going to completely backfire. As a matter of fact, I read just yesterday that the Russian ruble is now back to where it was prior to uh, the quote-unquote war with Ukraine. So another, in, another interesting thing here is that um, Russia is now demanding that other countries who want their wheat and oil must pay in rubles, not in dollars anymore. So that's further going to cause the dollar to decline. So with all of this, what's happening? Can we know for sure? Well, no matter how we view it, it simply doesn't look good. I think you'd probably agree with that. Can we absolutely know for sure? I don't think we can know for sure. But we can certainly take a stab at what may be on the cusp. And in fact, if I didn't know better, I'd think that the opening of the first few seals of Revelation 6 were lining up. So what do those seals entail? Well, here's a quote, Revelation 6, 2. And I looked, and behold... A white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer that's the esv version now there are of course disagreements over the first seal and the identity of the rider on the white horse with some believing it to be jesus while others believe the rider is the antichrist i am with the latter group the crown the rider wears is certainly a crown of authority, obviously, but it is not the same type of crown Jesus wears. And beyond this, though the writer carries a bow, he has no arrows to speak of. He conquers, but clearly does so politically not with instruments of war. So that brings us to a question that other people have asked. Is Putin the Antichrist? Well, the fact that he is involved in a physical war and using ground troops likely means that he is not the Antichrist, at least for now. It is difficult, if not impossible, to identify the Antichrist simply because he may not even be on the scene yet publicly, I mean, he's probably here, certainly if the tribulation is going to occur soon, but he's not necessarily known to the world as the Antichrist. However, we also need to note from Revelation 6 that when the Antichrist does appear, it seems as though he will be on the scene for a while before he brings about one of his major goals peace between Israel and the surrounding Arab nations. We really have no idea how long after antichrist appears that he will successfully broker a fake peace deal in the middle east we just don't know but i tend to envision him being on the scene for some time while he works his magic politically beginning his rise to the top to cement his position as peacemaker i i honestly can't see this happening overnight can you maybe but i don't maybe it will but i don't think it will that's the interesting thing about the seals and the trumpets and the bowls, 21 judgments in the book of Revelation during the tribulation period. And while it appears that the seals, for instance, are a chronological occurrence of events, we really have no clue how long each will last or how much time passes between each seal. They could actually occur rapidly one after another or greatly spaced out. They could actually overlap. We don't know. And there are probably very good reasons why we don't know. We have the basic general outline in Scripture. Now, as stated before, and I've said this number of times, we know the exact event that begins the tribulation, right? The signing of the peace deal for one week, quote-unquote. That week should have been sevens, and maybe in another um, episode I'll get into that. But that's based on Daniel 9, 24-27, which seems possible to me that some of the seals listed in Revelation 6 could occur— prior to the actual peace agreement now if this is true then it tends to change the timetable just a bit it seems likely that Antichrist will appear on the scene, though not be recognized as the Antichrist at first. So who is he? Putin? Klaus Schwab? Um, Noah Yanari or Yavari, whatever his name is, he's a top advisor to Klaus Schwab. Other people could be in the running. We just don't know. But this guy will begin his political ascent and start the process of conquering politically, which will then lead up to the fake peace deal that he brokers between Israel and Arab leaders that's supposed to be seven years. But then, of course, at the midpoint, three and a half years, Antichrist breaks that covenant very auspiciously and publicly. So we don't really know. The second seal in Revelation 6, verse 4, is the rider on the red horse, which signifies war. This rider is allowed to remove peace from the world. Notice he's allowed to remove peace, and it results in multitudes of death. Here's the verse. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. So he was permitted to take peace from the earth. Again, this is one of God's judgments. This is what God is going to allow to happen. And then the third seal, the next one, is also interesting because it speaks of famine and specifically mentions wheat, barley, oil, and wine. Now, the oil here, since it is mentioned within the context of a list of food products, is likely oil used to cook with, but it could also refer to fuel. Dr. Constable notes that wheat may represent good food, while barley is generally indicative of less expensive cattle food. I also note that barley is used in beer, which is you know, if you're in the South, it's highly prized. And how much will that go up in cost as well? Prices of both will be extremely high during this time of the third seal. And I've already seen people on social media saying that because of being on a fixed income, they're now having to make a choice between whether or not they're going to heat or air condition their homes or buy food as they cannot afford both anymore. I just read the other day that What we bought last year as the norm is going to cost $5,400 more this year. The skyrocketing cost of fertilizer and livestock feed will also continue to increase food costs. And by the way, just as an aside, vines and olive trees are not seeming to be affected in this verse. And one reason is that their roots go much deeper than wheat and barley. So they can gain uh, the sustenance and the water, the moisture from deeper portions of the soil than things like wheat and barley. But those commodities will also increase in price, too. So what we're talking about is only the rich are going to be able to afford the more expensive items. The rest will be trying to decide which one do I not get. So the fourth seal, Revelation 6, 8, is no less dramatic, and it says, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, and with pestilence, and by wild beasts of the earth. So here comes Death riding a pale horse. Hades is in tow as cleanup crew. Gathering the dead, the souls of the dead. A fourth of the entire world's population is said to die by sword, famine, pestilence, and wild beasts. It appears that even the animals will go crazy from hunger and will begin attacking human beings to sustain themselves. Now, war always results in famine and disease. Remember, that's the second seal. Please note that this seal results in the death of a quarter. Of the world's population. That's around 2 billion people if it were to happen today. Nuclear war could certainly play a role in this, and there's plenty of talk of it now. Now, does this mean that only a qu- the quarter of the people, the world's population, is going to happen, be killed with the fourth seal? It could mean that, or it could mean altogether, seal one, two, three, and four, by the time the fourth one comes and goes, around 2 billion people, a quarter of the Earth's population will have been destroyed. So right now, the world is looking seriously at the idea of World War III. We're hearing that all over the place. This all began between Ukraine and Russia because Ukraine was being encouraged to join NATO. President Zelensky wanted to do that. Um, Vice President Kamala encouraged him to do that. Unfortunately, for Ukraine to join NATO breaks their Minsk agreement with Russia. And that's what this whole thing is about. Uh, Think what you want of Putin, but he is concerned about Russians living in the Donbass area of Ukraine while the government of Ukraine treats those Russian people like garbage. So the world wants to hold up Zelensky as a hero while demonizing Putin. My only point is that as far as Putin is concerned, he believes he has a right to fight for the Russian people of Ukraine since Ukraine's borders were originally created by Russia during the dissolving of the big USSR years ago. The fact that Soros, Schwab, and other globalists are all in for Ukraine and standing opposed to Putin tells me that things are not what the media wants us to believe. So the world is on the brink of global conflict Biden continues calling for the overthrow of Putin. He's not only done that. GOP quote unquote Republican Lindsey Graham has actually called for Putin's assassination. I can't believe that we have an elected official in the United States Congress who is stooping that low. Now, if world war actually does break out, we can conclude that there will be tremendous famine, disease and pestilence, along with huge shortages of everything people have gotten used to having in life. This is always the case when there is a major war in at least part of the world and certainly if it's in all of the world. I have no clue how this is going to end. I'm simply providing what I believe to be possible insight into the increasing global problems we will all likely face and many are already facing. Klaus Schwab recently noted the following quote: "Global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected." end quote. He said that at the recent world government summit. So he clearly knows something is up and most likely has a huge hand in creating all of it, in my opinion. Now, even if all-out war does not occur in the world, we can be assured that unless God intervenes and changes things, the near future doesn't look good. It's going to be very bumpy for the average person. If you've not made any arrangements by stocking up on food and other supplies, you will likely be caught unaware and off guard. Expect there to be shortages. Live as if there are going to be shortages. And if you live that way, what decisions will you make based on that information? Expect the price of goods and commodities to continue to rise and also be disrupted in the supply chain. Cut back on other things you may not need to make room for all of this. Don't bury your head in the sand. Make informed decisions. Trust in the Lord. He doesn't want you to necessarily suffer. He certainly doesn't want you to suffer for not paying any attention to what's coming. He will not leave or forsake you. But the obvious problem is when people... Don't use the information available to make good decisions, informed decisions. Ask the Lord for discretion. Ask the Lord for discernment. Ask Him to help you make the best decisions you can possibly make. For myself and my wife, we have a number of many fridges in the garage that are stocked with food. We have made more room on shelves for canned goods that will last through 2024. These are things that you can do now. There are other things you can't do. You can't stock up on 120 gallons of gas. It'll eventually go bad. But there are other things you can do. You can stock up on some gas and the price is just going to go up. So anyway, not trying to leave you with this sense of woe is me or what do I do now. There are things we can do to mitigate the problems that we are facing. The biggest thing we can do is trust the Lord, ask him for discernment and um, wisdom to know how to face what's coming down the pike. Well, that's it for today. I thank you so much for joining me. Stay in the word. Talk, Talk with the Lord make sure you're in constant communication with him and trust him trust him to answer to provide for your needs and until we meet again i pray that god will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him you've been listening to study grow know with dr fred deruvo please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective.